of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, it caught us a little bit by surprise yesterday that the Browns fired Mike Prefer, the special teams coach. We thought with everything that they had done already with Joe Woods gone and Schwartz coming in as the D coordinator and Prefer was still there, that uh, that they they were pretty much done with their coaching staff. Not so much uh, the, the case as they get rid of Prefer, and now they're looking for a new special teams coach. So let's bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan. Were you by what happened yet, right or wrong fan, Daryl Ryder? Daryl, how surprised were you by what happened yesterday? Um, a, a little, uh, I, but my only surprise was, like, what took so long? Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean? Like that, that was, I guess my uh, level of surprise is just, it was, um, you know, something that I should have happened. I, I felt like should have happened weeks ago. Um, but, you know, part of it, I think had to do with, they got, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz in within about a week of firing Joe Woods. And then they had to go through their off-season process of self-scouting and really kind of breaking down uh, where things went wrong this past season. And I think that, to their credit, they didn't make an emotional decision there. They really thought the process through and then ultimately came to the conclusion while also at the same time reading the tea leaves of what's going on around the NFL. You've got you know, four or five other teams that are putting their coaching staff together, including coordinators thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe like, for instance, Bubba Ventrone, uh, who um, talked with him today or we will talk with him today, like he might be available. So that might have, you know, pushed them to go ahead and, and make the decision to, to make that change. Darrell, what about the rest of the staff? Are, are we still looking for a defensive back coach, defensive line coach, quarterback coach, passing game coordinator too? No, I think that the defensive staff structure is going okay. to change under Jim Schwartz. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm not a fan of all these lengthy, fancy titles the mm. Browns hand out to everybody these days. Okay. Uh, I don't know why they can't just call Andrew Berry the GM. I don't know why he needs to be the executive vice president of football operations and general manager. Like, I just think it's stupid. Why can't he just be the GM? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they have all these fancy titles for guys. And it is what, I mean, they have a chief strategy officer. So I guess that explains yeah. that. Um, but they are, I think, going to change some of the structure of the defensive staff, just as far as like those, those titles go. I think that Jim Schwartz is going to be the run game coordinator and passing game coordinator yeah. for the defense. Like he's going to be a true defensive coordinator. Um, they are going to be looking to replace Drew Petzing, uh, who went to Arizona to be their OC. Uh, Jeff Howard, who was hired by the Chargers, he was the defensive backs coach slash pass game coordinator. Um, he's going to Los Angeles to be a linebackers coach. Uh, Ephraim Banda, he's the Utah State defensive coordinator. He's going to come in and be the safeties coach. Safeties are DBs. So I'm just basically feeling like he's replacing huh. Jeff Howard. 
Chris Kiffin, don't forget, he left last year uh, I, uh, for a college job, and then he came back a month later. Um, so they'll be looking uh, for uh, a defensive line coach. So that's what, three, three spots on the coaching staff plus a special teams coordinator uh, that remain open. Yeah, and, and Daryl, one of the things I was told on those, and I laugh at them like you do, those lengthy titles or multiple <laughs> titles, uh, I was told the reason they do that is it forces other teams, if they want to steal those coaches away, to give them yep. a higher title, right? So uh, you can't 100%. just be a lateral move by doing that and giving them those so-called titles. you got to prove that you're actually offering them a, a higher role. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's similar to like the Eric Bieniemy situation. Even though his contract had expired with Kansas City, and technically he was a free agent coach, and you know everyone and and I was guilty of this until I I spoke to a couple of people around the league that explained that situation because my biggest gripe with Bieniemy was why does he have to go to Washington to prove himself worthy of being an NFL head coach while you have white candidates that don't call plays as coordinators and they have no problem getting head coaching jobs around right. the NFL. Um, and so with him going to Washington, it actually is not a lateral move. He's, that's why, to your point, Kenny, they made him, I think he's the assistant head coach with the yep. commanders mm-hmm. as well as offensive coordinator. So that's why they gave him. So he didn't, so it, on paper is actually not a lateral move. And then of course he will actually call the place for the commanders. Whereas in Kansas city, uh, that was Andy Reid's responsibility, but uh, just I'm just validating the point that you just made. Yeah, that's that's why the Browns do it. But um, I'll say this: it is a positive when your coaching staffs are being poached. That's a good thing. That means you got good people that you've hired. Mm-hmm. So to Kevin Stefanski's credit, he's hired some guys that other teams have uh, come in and uh, taken away from the coaching staff with the other jobs. Daryl, other than Prefer, is he the only other coach that came from Minnesota with Stefanski? Uh, I think there's a couple of other guys. Just off the top of my head, I, I, I don't okay. have the names uh, off the top of my head. Like, uh, well, Gannon and Petzing. Yeah, I, Petzing, I think, was with uh, Stefanski in Minnesota because they were with the Vikings, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, I think they were with the Vikings, too. Um, that's why, like, when Gannon – see, Gannon was thought to be possibly getting a head coaching job last year, so the Browns were anticipating that they were going to lose Petzing last year. Um, and then he didn't, and so Petzing stayed, and they moved him from tight ends coach over to quarterbacks coach. Kind of helped him a little bit, right, because that's like the natural progression to being a coordinator. You definitely want to be a quarterbacks coach at some point. And then once Gannon got hired by uh, the Cardinals, the, the Browns just kind of figured Petzing – uh, was ultimately going to end up leaving. Daryl Ryder, our guest, talking Browns football. All right, so that's the coaching side of things, D. Uh, coming up here in a few weeks, uh, they're going to be able to sign free agents. I believe March yeah. 15th at 4 p.m. is when they can put pen to paper and sign free agents. A couple of days before that, they can legally tamper and discuss things. Uh, what are They'll you have hearing? Everything up- agreed to one minute after the tampering period begins. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how they're able to negotiate those contracts in one minute. The way they do, but get it's ready. A, it's for amazing. Thirteenth at twelve oh one p.m. <laughs> there you go. So that those are the dates we're looking at. Uh, you know, after the draft, right? You've got the draft at the end of April. Uh, wait, let's see. January, February, March, April. Okay, so no, you got the uh, free agency first, then the draft. Okay, I'll get my dates right. Uh, so, what are you <laughs> hearing as far as the 
direction that the Browns could be going in in free agency before the draft? Wide receiver, defensive tackle. Those are the top two priorities that they absolutely have to shore up this offseason. Um, I don't know if they're going to uh, spend big money, but Andrew Berry is an aggressive GM. Uh, his three off seasons, uh, he has made big splashes pretty much in each one of those. Um, I anticipate this one to be no different. Uh, I expect, though, the next two to three weeks are going to be very active for Barry in regards to restructuring contracts and getting under the salary cap because right now they're 12 million plus above the 2023 number and you have to be below that number one minute it's it's actually 3:59 p.m eastern time on march 15th because at 4 p.m eastern time the new league year begins so you have until 3:59 eastern on the 15th of march to get below uh or i should say get in compliance with the 2023 salary cap. So um, aside from scouting at the combine, Kenny, I anticipate Andrew Berry is going to be very busy touching base with a lot of agents, not just in regards to free agency, but uh, restructuring some contracts to give the Browns salary cap flexibility. And I just want to stress to folks, this is not a problem. It'll, it, it, it takes very uh, little effort to do. Uh, uh, and I anticipate that uh, Barry will be getting those things done in the next three weeks or so. Daryl, when I look at the list of the wide receivers that are going to be available through free agency, it's kind of like you're in the fourth or fifth round of your own fantasy football draft, and there's really nobody there. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle for a week or two, but after that it ends. So I'm left with this. What about the chance of maybe making a trade the way they did last offseason, bringing in Amari Cooper, or... Can Donovan Peoples-Jones, in your opinion, be a true, legit one-slash-two wide receiving option? They need another wide receiver. I agree. Bottom line, they do not have enough at the position on the roster, period. Um, So the answer to your question isn't so much can Donovan Peoples-Jones be that. It's they just need another guy. Um, they, they need a guy that can take the top off of defense, give him some speed, be a uh, deep threat, maybe take a little uh, attention away from Amari Cooper, which opens things up even more for him. Because, I, look, I, they don't need a number one wide receiver. They already have him. His name is Amari Cooper. Like, <laughs> so they're good there. Uh, they, they need a complimentary wide receiver. I think that you can get that guy in the draft uh, with your second-round pick. Yeah. Um, your day three picks, trade those, trade those away. You don't need them. I, I don't need eight rookies this year. Need guys right. that can play now. So I think Andrew Berry's goal is to try and find another Amari Cooper type of a trade because let's be honest about it, like he basically robbed the Dallas Cowboys. A fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper is like beyond re, uh, a ridiculously great job done by Andrew Berry. So it's about him trying to find some – uh, quality talent without giving up a lot. Uh, and so I think he's going to be looking for some, some players that, you know, teams are looking to move on from 
for financial reasons, right? I mean, that's why Dallas moved on from Mari Cooper. They didn't move on from him because he's a bad football player. They moved on because they didn't want to pay him $20 million a year. And so Andrew Barry was able to pounce on that opportunity and use a fifth-round pick to do it because the Cowboys just wanted to be done with the contract. So those are the type of opportunities I expect Andrew Barry to try and explore this offseason when you're talking about that trade market. Here's what you do. You look for a team that's got a new coach like the Denver Broncos, and you try to make a deal and steal Jerry Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, he doesn't like, you know, all I'm saying is maybe a new coach doesn't like well, the guys. They got Russell Wilson out there. They got a reclamation well, project out there. So they, 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 to resurrect Russell, they're going to need all the weapons they can get. So I, I don't know that the, the Broncos would be a target, but I, I think a team in, you know, teams to your point, which is a good one. Yeah. You're looking for those teams with first year head coaches that are in transition, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. Not so much for Hopkins, but maybe one of their other younger wide receivers, right? May, you know, maybe they turn on the film and they see something they like or whatever. Okay. But that's what you kind of want to do there is, is you want to find these teams that are in transition with new staffs and maybe existing personnel doesn't fit. Um, and again, Andrew Berry has shown that he's very, very good at making opportunistic trades. And I expect this offseason to be no different. Daryl, you brought up the name I was going to ask you about at wide receiver. Hopkins, because he played with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Yeah, I'm not interested in um, him. You're not? Nope. Why not? What What is it that, that turns you off Fit. about him? I'm just curious. Fit. I don't, I don't know if he's a good fit. In so the locker room? That's, that's or, or what? Uh, well, uh, when, when you already have some – how do I say this the right way? <laughs> um when you already have character guys, problems, yeah. So, uh, when you have leadership problems in your lo- within the locker room as it is, and what I mean by that is just avoid, right? Um, and maybe Deshaun is able to like grow into that or whatever. But you know that was one of the big problems for the Browns last year, last season, I should say, is they they just it felt like they had a leadership void, both from a coaching standpoint as well as in the locker room. That's just a bad combination, and that's how you go seven and ten. Um, so I don't know that he would fit well into a team that's searching for leadership, if that makes okay. sense. No, yeah, it does. I, I get your point. I, I just was looking, you know, when uh, you team up guys that have played together, the you know previous success uh, that they have could carry over. So that's why I thought maybe the Cardinals might be willing to get rid of him to get a draft pick or save some money. It's kind of yeah. like what the Tennessee Titans did today, right? Tennessee dumped three guys. They dumped yep. uh, Taylor Luan, Robert Woods, and Randy Bullock to save $28 million, $29 million to get under the cap. And, and so I, that's why I was thinking maybe the, the Cardinals, since they, they're years away from being a contender, might do the same thing. Yeah, and, and, and again, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Kenny, about just Andrew Berry being very cognizant of the, the landscape out there, right, where individual teams are at, not just from a coaching standpoint, right, you know, because – Indianapolis, they, they make a coaching change. You, you, you think a guy like, you know, Bubba Ventrone, who's very, very well-respected, he's not going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden, well, they made a coaching change. Maybe he, he either wants to go or, you know, whatever, right? Whatever that situation is, now an opportunity presents itself. And, and, and I just I think that that's probably it, – it, it's a sound approach. It's a, it, you know, I'm not criticizing it, but I, I think that that is the best approach for Andrew Barry, the fact that he just 
seems to do a real nice job of having a, a, a beat on the pulse of the league and, you know, finding those situations where he can kind of really, I mean, take advantage of a situation. And like Amari Cooper is like the poster child of taking advantage of a situation. And I just, I feel like that that is going to be a very important avenue for Barry this off season, because you look at, as you mentioned, the wide receiving free agent class just isn't worth the money. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, yep. To give you what you need and maybe defensive tackle too, if you don't want to invest a certain amount of money at that position, but you know, you have to invest in it. Maybe you can find, another Jadavian Clowney type of a situation, right? A, a guy that is that has a, a great track record, maybe needs to prove himself a little bit or, you know, whatever that situation is, you can take advantage of that. And um, so that's why I, I'm really excited to see what Barry has in store this offseason. Darrell, we got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to ask you one final question. We'll turn you loose. I don't know if you can do this in such a short amount of time. Maybe we need to have you come on again for the rest of the week. How does this team eventually build culture and chemistry the way the Cavaliers have and the Guardians? Um, that was basically half the show that I hosted yesterday. <laughs> uh, wow. I had brought that up. Um, listen, I, I think that Kevin Stefanski is a really good head coach. Or I, let me rephrase. I think Kevin Stefanski is a really good football coach. Um, I, I think that the Browns don't have a schematic problem. Like we can sit here and debate until we're blue in the face. It's part of the fun of our jobs, you know, game situations and play selection and stuff like that. Right. That that's the fun part of our jobs. I, I don't even have, I don't even have complaints with that. My issue with him is I look at Terry Francona and the guardian. I look at J.B. Bickerstaff and the Cavaliers, and those are two men that just know how to connect with their players and get the most out of them, right? Um, And I just have questions as to whether or not Kevin Stefanski has those intangibles. Like, I I know that the guy can draw stuff up uh, creatively and put together an offense and it be effective, right? I don't have any questions about any of that. And I know we've had Browns coaches in the past where we did have those questions. So, my, my, I guess, issue or um, criticism of Stefanski or question is, like, I don't know if he possesses the intangibles that makes a great head coach, right? I mean, we, when we talked about the defense coordinator situation, what we talk about, hey, we need someone's going to come in and kind of crack the whip a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Get these right. guys in, sh- in line, be a leader, not be afraid to, if you have to put Miles in his place when he needs to be put in his place, that you do it. You treat all the guys equally, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, those aren't issues with JB. Those aren't issues with Tito. They are with Kevin Stefanski. And my thing is, do you want to be an offensive coordinator or do you want to be a head coach? Like, I don't think Stefanski did enough last year to step into the defensive situation with Joe Woods and how that was going down the drain. I just thought he handled that poorly and why I came to that. Like, you either want to be the head coach of a team or the offensive coordinator. Um, and that is an area that I think Kevin Stefanski needs to improve immensely if this team is going to be able to get the most out of the talent they have. Because this is not a bad football team. This is not a team that's devoid of talent. They've got a lot of to do this year. Daryl, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, and keep up the fantastic work, all right? You bet, guys. Thanks for having me as always. 
Darrell Ryder, Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, with his thoughts on Prefer getting fired, free agency, and Kevin Stefanski.